This is the Made It in Music podcast. I'm Seth Mosley, and this is show 146. Welcome to the podcast, where we bring you tools and resources to help you go full time in music and to stay in. The music business is a roller coaster ride, changing faster than any of us can pay attention to. We all need a competitive edge to stay ahead and to stay successful. What's working, what isn't, and what's coming? That's exactly what this show is all about. Back again with Full Circle Music, the Made It in Music podcast. Here on the Made It Music podcast with Noreen Prenaire. I pronounced it right. I know I did. Hey, thanks so much for being here with us today. This Thank is, you for having me. It's going to be an awesome episode. Yeah. I can feel it. I love your energy. I love um, when you walk into a room and you just know somebody is like, hey, that person means business. They're, yeah. they're serious about it. I'm actually wearing a shirt that says that, though. So, my, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I love it. We're going to dive into how you've been a part of bringing the pop music industry to Nashville, which a lot of people don't realize that. That's kind of a new thing. Yeah, totally. So um, I want to dive into your story. What was the first moment that music impacted you and you knew that you had to do something with it career-wise? Well, I think it was probably when I was growing up and um, my mom would play Carly Simon records in our house and um, she would try to teach me how to play them on piano. And I was like, oh, wait, you can actually learn songs that are like already recorded. And I kind of put two and two together that like you can actually write the songs yourself. And um, all of that, I think, just impacted me. And I was started writing songs on my own in New York and then um, found out about Nashville, found out about Belmont, moved here and what did the music business as a major, but still was writing on the side, trying to do that whole thing. Um, but that's where I got into interning because I had to for school um, and started interning in publishing companies just because I was like, how do I listen to songs all day? That's what I want to do. Um, and then from there, I realized that's what I really wanted to be doing and should be doing. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so kind of from an internship and then wh when did you like get hired? How did you get hired yeah. first? Um, so I was interning at BMG Publishing. I did a New York one and a Nashville one um, and then kind of took off in, in, from interning for a semester. And then BMG kind of called me up and asked me to be a receptionist um, my last semester of school. And that was when I was trying to decide if I want to be a writer or just, you know, do the business side. Um, so I took the job, still doing school, still trying to write a little bit. Um, I think it was probably three months into my job was when my boss now, Daniel Lee, was the one who said, like, I think you should be a publisher. Um, I know you want to be a writer, but I think you'd be really good at it. You, like, ask the right questions, you know. You always are talking about writers, and you seem passionate about it. So just him saying that to me, I think, really was, like, God saying, this is what you should be doing. And ever since then, honestly, it was, like, every door was a lot easier to open. It wasn't me mm. just, like, forcing myself into rooms and trying to be yeah. a songwriter and stuff. So yeah. yeah. Well, you know you know when you're, when, when you're yeah. in a situation where it feels like you're— pounding it. So, I mean, you also totally. know a situation where it's like, okay, God clearly put this in your path. Totally. Yeah. And I'm so glad I listened because, yeah, I mean, it, like writing was awesome. It was fun, but like it was as if you're athletic and I'm not, yeah. I'm working twice as hard to be like normal base level, you know, which I'm not <laughs> athletic. I don't know if you know me or not, but <laughs> athletic is not in my strengths finders thing or whatever. Um, I, I work on it. I'm trying, trying to become athletic, but that's not what I'm famous yeah. for. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Um, the, you, you've talked about, and we talked a little bit even before the interview, you say to do the job before you get the job. Yeah. 
What do you mean by that? Um, I think that was something I figured out earlier on in my career. Um, just being a receptionist was awesome. You know, you're meeting people all the time. You're, I still get to listen to songs at a publishing company. But I realized if I wanted to move up, like, I had to figure out how to be a real publisher, how to find songs, how to put writers together in a room, how to find new writers, how to pitch songs, um, how to get emails to people I can even pitch songs to. Um, so a lot of that, um, I realized, was the only reason I was going to move up. And that kind of was the basis for how I got this job now and doing a lot of things on my own and um, events in town. Um, and that's really how it got led to the pop scene in Nashville because I realized there was a huge untapped market that no one was really dealing with or knew what to do with. So um, I kind of took that on as my own and I was like, oh, I'll be like the pop person at BMG. That's how I'll move up. That was like kind of my goal. And um, it kind of just led to this bigger thing. So, yeah. So you you weren't waiting for somebody to create a job yeah. for you and give yeah. you permission to do exactly. it. Yeah. Which probably got me in trouble a little bit, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it. I mean, I'd look for that and interns and for assistants now too and um, coordinators and, you know, what are you actually doing to, like already? What writers are you working with? What artists are you working with? Like, um, who are you managing? Um, who are you, like, what songs have you gotten cut? Or, you know, just just showing that you can actually do it without having the job because you should want to do it so badly that you're already doing it and not being paid for it, you know? Yeah. And I think people see that in, like, younger talent, you know, so... Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you hit on that. I mean, that's something that, you know, our our company, as I'm sure yours is, too, we're always looking for great interns. Totally. Um, and we, we started a model that we call the apprenticeship program. So it's kind of like an Love internship that. on steroids, but like something for people to actually start getting paid, doing music to really learn. Because you get in the classroom, like obviously you, you went through Belmont, yeah. but how much did you learn after getting out of the classroom? Oh, yeah, like, so much more. Yeah. And also just the fact that like music industry stuff changes so fast that like you can't really like put that into a textbook and like teach that as it's happening necessarily. You know, it's like it's already old. It's already dated, you know. Totally. Yeah, totally. So um, it, as far as getting hired at Altadena, a lot of people maybe aren't familiar with the story of Altadena, mm -hmm. but it was started by one of the legends uh, in the music industry, Busby, who, you know, we unfortunately just lost just a few short months mm -hmm. ago at the time of recording this. So our, um, yeah, was, we were just all kind of blown away. Yeah. Um, one of the, the the best people that yeah. I know in the industry. I'm 100%. sure that you learned yeah. a ton from working with him. But he started Altadena as a joint venture with Warner Music. And it was kind of an extension of, you know, himself and his totally. own success, having cuts and success with Pink and Lady Annabellum, being both in the pop and, mm -hmm. you know, country spaces. Yeah. Um, so... What was the journey with you, like, becoming the creative yeah. director there? Because that's what you're doing today, yeah, creative director. for sure, yeah. So it kind of stemmed from what Busby and um, my boss, Daniel, was do were, they were doing at BMG. Um, they were signing writers to artist development deals on the publishing side um, through Busby's JV there with, like, Ryan Griffin, Carly Pierce. Um, they had a producer named Ben West already signed there. Um, so they were really growing their um, joint venture together. And I think Busby really wanted to be a part of all aspects of it the publishing side of course but also the master side which we all know was where the money is now in music anyway um and also being a part of the management side and having a say in all sides of it um so i think that was kind of his brainchild but like you said yes also having a foothold in pop and um, country in la and nashville 
Um, but yeah, I was just I was just the receptionist at BMG, and Daniel was the VP there. Him and I got really close, and um, always were talking about songs and things like that. And he was the one who really stuck his neck out for me and told Busby, "This is the person we should bring along." Um, and with everything going on, I ended up being the first employee and kind of you know helped choose the name, and I got to like figure out you know what we were actually doing, and it was the the best learning experience. And Busby took a chance on me when I was had no track record, and you know. Um, he just believed in what I was doing and my hustle and stuff. So mm. I feel so grateful. And um, he was the most generous, like the best human, like you said. So, yeah, yeah I felt so lucky to be there. But um, but yeah, so started being the creative director there, which really means just, you know, putting writers in rooms to get songs and pitching those songs to hopefully getting an artist placement. So meaning you're, you're helping set up co-writes. Yes. Helping right? set up co-writes in LA sessions. <laughs> so we call it co-write here and it's called a session in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like a different language, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so do, so that's basically the, the bulk of my job. And then also, um, listening to songs, my writers turn in giving critical feedback, um, hoping to get the song to a better place. Um, but and then just, you know, coaching the writers, encouraging them, help, making them be the best that they can be so that when they go into the room, they feel super excited and feel that they can write the best song that day. Um, but, yeah, so was was really hard to do that in Nashville. And then um, with my work in pop and stuff, I ended up moving into the L.A. world as well. So um, I work with our writers out there and travel to L.A. once a month back and forth. So. Mm, that's awesome. So yeah. you, you touched on on some of the elements, but if somebody was new to Altadena, what what exactly is it? Yeah. What, what um, are all the things that you guys? So do? I really feel like it's a, a hub for writers and artists and producers to for us to be kind of like the intermediary between either their publishing company, their label, or their management company. Um, it's a partnership with Warner Chapel on the publishing side, um, and it label imprint of Warner Records, and then also a management partnership with Red Light Management. Um, so it has a lot of aspects to it, but like. It's not like if you you know sign to us, you have to sign all three all three away or whatever yeah. you know. So we have artists on just the label side, someone just publishing, uh, someone all three. Um, so yeah, it's it's really I feel like a hub, um, and for us to be that point of contact for you know if you're signed to a major label sometimes you can get lost and feel like you're not paid attention to so we are kind of the ones where we give all the attention and make sure things are getting done um but then also have the major resources of a warner so sure yeah so it's kind of the, be the best of all worlds yeah so, so who are some of the writers artists producers that you you're working with yeah currently um so in nashville we just signed this artist named Lindsay lomas we're really excited about um she's a label publishing and management side she's 16 soulful r&b pop artist she's amazing um we have carly pierce riley griffin uh, riley roth ryan griffin uh, on the artist side here in nashville um we signed an artist named connor matthews on the pop side as well who's out in la um and then we have producers ben west cameron james here in nashville an amazing writer named emily shackleton um, and then in L.A., we also have a producer named Ryan Daly, who was Busby's finisher for so long and um, a great writer as well. And then uh, Busby's what for so long? Uh, finisher. So oh, finisher. it's an L.A. Term. Maybe explain Sorry. that. Yeah. What is, I don't ugh. think I've actually heard anybody use that term here before. <laughs> Maybe explain what that um, means. So basically, Busby would go into a room, like a writing session, a co-write, um, and, you know, start a demo, start a track. And then he would send it to Ryan afterwards to basically finish it up, punch it up, add sonics, you know, fix the vocal comp everything um and then send it back to busby and maybe busby would add a few more things take things away and then it'd be done 
So yeah. he was kind of like the one that would help finish the actual demo process since, you know, how many songs you write and like right. how many demos you end up having and then also producing records. Up, yeah. And yeah. Um, so he helped with that a lot. And then also was the main reason why some of those demos got pushed along to become releases. So they sound great. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So then for Buzz, it was a huge part of, you know, producing the actual records he was writing. So that was super important. So um, that was Ryan. And then we have a writer named JP Clark also in LA and then another top player named Life Moraldi out there. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, you got, you got, a, you got a full, a full plate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you kind of hit on, you know, what you do as a creative director. Um, can you talk a little bit about your passion for pop music yeah. and like, how how are you bringing that to Nashville? Maybe some some of the challenges, yeah. um, some of the breakthroughs you've seen even since you've started doing it. Totally. Um, I think when I started trying to do pop stuff in Nashville at BMG, I didn't realize there was already like a scene happening. You know, artists like Circina, they were already kind of making these crazy like leaps and bounds in the sync world. Um, and then I realize you know you've lift the rug up and there's this huge community of writers not connected um and don't know each other but kind of everyone doing their own thing in different pockets um so my main goal was to connect people and um i put on a pop writing camp and it was 24 writers all unsigned and we did a showcase and three days of writing and then everyone at the end of those days of writing would you know play the song that they wrote and then everyone realized i think after that camp that they missed hearing the songs that they, they're like, oh, wow, I, I got so inspired. I felt almost competitive and sometimes, but um, we kind of started these things called pop hangs. So every month now it was started at my house. It's kind of grown from 10 people to 80 people at a time, all wow. in a room, producers, writers, artists, playing songs, all doing pop stuff, trying to get better, trying to meet new co-writers in town. Um, I've brought Busby to them. He's given feedback. I've brought producers and A&Rs and managers and publishers mm. and people are so excited about it, but they don't know really what happening and those are like the best events i feel like to see what's really happening in town here and so how pop, many... pop hang yeah that call them pop hangs called? yeah altadena pop hang whatever um was it was this an altadena thing or was this something you were doing even before it was something i was already doing before and then um i feel like busby was gracious enough to let it kind of be an altadena thing and um really let me absorb that into what our company stands for and really mm. you know developing new talent and bringing community and culture to nashville and i've also started doing them in la as well so mm. um i think like a huge part of what Nashville is so special and that's why you know people come here to do pop now because they crave community they crave people who are open arms and you know want to write with each other and yeah. you know aren't competitive in some ways and um yeah I think Nashville's special in that way um challenge wise I mean it, it obviously I feel like the bulk of of pop music is still happening in LA um and I think that just creates kind of like a a distance for you know publishers and um, managers being able to pitch songs out there for writers here and um, there's still I feel like kind of a quote-unquote like stamp on pop music here called like Nashville pop and you know it may not feel as competitive as LA but I like argue, people like people just assume because it was written yeah. in Nashville it sounds different exactly has, yeah has sonically behind or something um, but yeah, I would argue there's still competitive music being written here and, um, Nashville is obviously known for storytelling and lyrics and having depth. And I think that really like resonates in LA for when, you know, it's more sometimes quantity over quality. Mm. Um, so 
Yeah, I think I think there's definitely challenges and there's definitely like strides that still need to be made. Um, but I think we're getting closer as A&Rs and labels really move here and set up tents here. And um, if, once an artist breaks out of here, I think it'll just help the entire community here. So. You, you hit on two things. I want, I want to dive a little more into the pop hangs because yeah. I think that's such a brilliant thing and props to you for kind of Thank just you. going and starting it. That's, that's amazing. Um, what kind of like, how, how, how do you structure them? Do people show up and they just bring their songs and they're kind of sitting in a circle or what, what, what does it actually yeah. look like if you go to one? Um, so the kind of how they are now, we would do them at Warner just because they're gracious enough to let us use their space. But it's probably, you know, everyone shows up at 7, 30 minutes of just hanging and mingling. Everyone has to bring a snack, a drink, um, a dessert or something. Okay. So it feels like a little bit like potlucky. So like potluck. <laughs> okay. um, but, yeah, and then um, when, when we're ready, I just am like, all right, he wants to go first. And then you bring your uh, demo on your phone and you plug into an Oxcord. And depending on how many people there are, we do verse, chorus, verse um, into the whole song because we can be there for hours. But, um, you know, it's just the most magical experience. Mm. You feel so excited. And for me, too, like I haven't been in the industry that long, but I get so inspired leaving them. And I'm like, this is why we do it. You know, it's like you're seeing the next generation and seeing people get signed from it, seeing people see, songs have gotten cut from it because mm. people have met there and they've written afterwards. And so are is there somebody giving feedback after each song or is it more just listening, kind of show and it's tell? It's different every time. Um, I, th I really encourage writers who are there to kind of give feedback like after they hear the song to each other and um, someone's like, oh, I would have done the post this way or, oh, have you ever tried this sample package for this song? It would be perfect for that. Or, um, oh, have you tried doubling the chorus in the last time or something? And so just kind of little, feedback in yeah, the room. Yeah, in the room. Yeah. Um, so we've done a sync version of it where I've brought, you know, sync people and then they give really specific feedback on why this could work, why this couldn't work. Um, I've started doing ones where like an A&R maybe calls in from L.A. and they give, you know, here's who their roster is and who they're looking for, like what kind of songs they need. Mm. Um, and that really helps writers here know like what's kind of going on in um, other markets. And, you know, I love that. That's, yeah, that's so that's so awesome. Thank you. So if people are interested in attending one of these, how do they do that? Is yeah, like, I, I, I assume you're not just able to let anybody in. Well, I try, I mean, I try to make it exclusive enough so it feels like there's value to it, but also mm. inclusive enough so that it doesn't feel like it's like this weird, like culty thing that like I get to decide who's good and who's not. Whatever. Sure. Um, so I don't have like an email list because I feel like it's gotten to be, it can be a lot of people and, um, I want it to be different people every time. So, you know, you, you still keep coming back. Um, so people usually just like DM me on Instagram or like okay. it's word of mouth a lot of times or someone gets my email and they're like, Hey, I want to come and I listen to some songs, make sure that they know how to write songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> There's a little bit of a base level. Um, but so yeah. you're, fil you're filtering out yeah. some stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and But also it helps me, too, because then I'm, you know, the first ears on on songs coming out of Nashville. So right. it's win-win. You know, I'm hearing 80 new songs in a month in one night, and yeah. um, I get to hear what's happening first. So it's the best. Are there any... Um I guess, success stories that you can share yeah. that have kind of come out of So, I mean, um, our newest writer, Liv Moraldi, we signed from it. Um, this was a pop paying maybe a year ago that Daniel and an a and in town, Patrick Waters, were at. Um, and after everyone played songs, um, some they encouraged them to send the songs that they play that night. And Liv and Daniel connected, even though I was working with Liv for maybe like a year before that, too, mm. um, and just helping her in, in co-writes and stuff. Um, but because of that, they connected and Daniel's kind of like, wow, this is incredible and we need to work with you. So, um, that was probably 
the the most recent one, but yeah. in LA, um, there was a song that got cut from an artist on Atlantic because three unsigned writers met there and then mm. they um, they wrote a song together and then one of them, one of their managers pitched the song and um, they got a place, placement from it. So that's awesome. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. So people can just DM you on Instagram. We can yeah. we can put a link to her socials and yeah. everything in the description below. So cool. Don't don't blow her up with bad songs. <laughs> Some good songs. <laughs> it's okay. You have to, you have to listen to everything. You just never know. Both you never of you taught know. me that. It's like he would listen to everything. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. You get some interesting stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you get a lot of fun things in your Instagram. There are fun things. That's one way to put it. Um, so the pop hangs. So I guess what what are what are you doing that's working, or maybe or maybe you know just things you're trying because yeah. all of us are sort of just trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. So how are you overcoming the Nashville pop yeah. stigma, or right. you know? finding ways to, to kind of get around that? Um, well, sonically, I think it's just me having my ear to the ground in L.A., knowing what's kind of happening because I'm out there so much. I was there nine times last year. So mm. um, that helps, I think, our producers here knowing like, OK, well, here's the bar and know. And they're also just amazingly talented already. But knowing like, OK, this is what's happening, um, you know, taste wise, you know, trend wise, at least for them to know where the where the where the ballpark is. Sure. Um, but then I think also the pitching from a pitching standpoint, it's having the relationships out in LA and New York and London and Atlanta and um, being able to actually pitch songs from writers here instead yeah. of, you know, um, kind of like what I feel like sometimes it could happen is, you know, you send it to the major that you're with or, you know, for us to be Warren Chapel and then hoping that it actually works, but really, you know, putting the work in to have the relationships myself so that I can, you know, get those songs heard by the people who actually listen to records. So, yeah. Yeah. So if just to give some specificity to yep. it, you know, if you're coming back, well, let's just, let's just put now as the example, yeah. if you're in a kind of meeting with, with one of your, your writers here that's trying to do pop, how would you describe what you're talking about? Like what, what is LA doing now that Nashville kind of needs to take mm. note of? And this is obviously always changing, but totally. specific to kind of right now. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's also the, the part of that question is what is not happening anymore necessarily. Um, I think, you know, there was a huge Latin movement and I think a lot of, I get pitched a lot of songs where people are trying to do like a Spanish verse. Yeah. Um, and I think that's not necessarily a moment anymore. Um, same thing, even with just like extremely urban songs. Um, I think there was a huge wave of just, you know, you know, a lot of songs going number one that were just straight up rap songs. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that will happen in the next two years. Um, but also I think like pitching for a lot of artists, especially DJs, people send me, you know, piano vocal, guitar vocal tracks. I don't think necessarily like that is the way to do it anymore. I think people still want to have some produced out version in here. Um, what's special about this track. And a lot of that happens in production. What's, you know, like little ear candies and, yeah. you know, little like hooks in the actual production. So yeah. I think that's important to keep in mind too and not let it be super open. Um, but yeah, I think also an amazing like sounding vocal, just a clear, you know, out in front of the mix. It's super important to hear that. Sure. I think um, that that's important in pitching. And I think in LA, I think people know to put the presence and the importance on a vocal in a mix. That's, I feel like the most common mistake here. Mm. Um, so yeah, 
I'm tr- I'll think on that more too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's. I mean, those <laughs> are those are some really good. I'm, I'm putting you on the of. spot with that, but but that's that's uh, that's awesome, and I'm sure yeah. you know people from Nashville listening now will get a lot of value yeah. out of that too. So yeah. Hope it, hopefully we'll move out of the TikTok phase too, and like not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, and do you not mean, what do you mean by that? Um, and not signing artists just because they're like going viral on TikTok. I don't know. TikTok. Ho- hopefully fa- okay. we move out of that. I don't know. Man, I am so. Out. I feel like I'm just. Do you have it downloaded? I I have it. I have the app, (laughs) but I've got on it like a total of two times. (laughs) I have two girls. They're five and two, so they're not quite to that age yet. I'm kind of like, man, do I want them to get into that? I don't know. know People's favorite artists are like just TikTok artists, and like that's it. It's insane. It's a crazy thing. Yeah. I mean, how much of that are you like as a as a creative director, A&R talent finder, I mean, are you on TikTok every day, like looking for the Not next thing? Not necessarily. I mean, it's definitely is, is one of the many things to consider when signing someone. You know, like you have a huge fan base on this very popular app. Um, but Warner has this thing called um, Soda Tone. It's an amazing. Um, called what? Soda Tone. Soda. Soda Tone. Soda Tone. Um, it's an amazing like A&R research tool. So, hmm. um yeah, so I know that that's kind of how they find a lot of artists, and they have a lot of access to analytics through that. So um, is Soda Tone a like an internal software that? They yeah, so created? they they, pur- they purchased, um, hmm. I think the the intelligence behind it. Yeah, I think they they bought it like last year, maybe. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So is that something that artists are able to like sign up for like a subscription or is that just no, like an internal? It's, it's yeah, just like just like a company that like does analytics and it's based off of, you know, songs being added to certain playlists and like um, certain them going playing certain shows. And like um, there's just so many things that kind of are fed into it. And it's they every week they send out an email with like a certain a certain list of who's kind of bubbling up that week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm and, sure and like, I think other like ARs and labels have access to certain ones too, but that's the one that Warner uses. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're hitting on that because I think a lot of artists assume that just because they have a unique sound or a cool voice or they wrote some cool songs that they can take it into an A&R person and play it for them or, or whatever. Yeah. And, and they're going to get a record deal off of that. Yeah. What you're, talking about really is the other 80% of what goes into signing an artist is what else is going on. Yeah, exactly. And it sounds like the soda tone is, is sort of helping them aggregate all the information behind each artist. What's, what's actually going on? How many streams, what blogs are writing about, Totally. you know? Yeah. And a lot of labels now have just research teams built into their A&R staff. And like, that's how they find artists. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a huge part of it. Um, I think there's still, you know, like you said, the percentage of A&R signing artists because they have an incredible voice or, you know, a unique perspective. Um, and maybe they're an amazing songwriter first, too. That also, I feel like, plays into it. But, yeah, I think there's just so many factors now. Yeah. And it's just really, I feel like, to make sure that, like, their investment is well invested and yeah they actually have a fan base they you know they have a plan there's already stuff happening that they don't have to like wait six years and hope that it blows up then sure well you're what you're really talking about is just artist development yeah artist development really essentially nowadays i think a better way to say it would just be creating or finding building the audience for that artist whoever that is and you guys are doing a lot of that so what are some of the things that you are encouraging your artists to do? What are some of the things that you guys as a team are doing? Yeah. Because, um, you know, with a new artist, it's you're starting from 
square one with totally. a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I think a lot of it too is helping um, build out the right team for an artist and, you know, a booking agent, a manager, um, a PR person, publicist, um, you know, I think, or even like sometimes a lawyer. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it right now is playing shows, getting out there. If you're a Nashville based artist playing shows outside of Nashville, because as we know, audiences in Nashville are, you know, mostly industry people or other writers and their arms are crossed and they're not really paying attention. Um, so yeah, finding real fans and people who, um, you know, you can really grow with. Um, I think, you know, releasing new music often, um, like maybe every six to eight weeks, um, have relationships with DSPs and Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. Um, that's super important and to have those relationships and to have a champion there. Um, other like radio formats like Sirius um, for Country the Highway. I think that's super important to have, you know, someone there who believes in a song that you have to. Mm. Um, yeah, really embracing social media, TikTok, <laughs> Snapchat, yeah. Instagram. Um, Facebook sometimes, Twitter sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, you find so many fans on social media too, um, doing targeted ads of songs and, um, you know, really being like, you know, yourself on social media and like having like a personality and like being mm -hmm. funny. And like, yeah. I feel like I follow Louis Capaldi because like he's funny on Instagram. Like I'm like, right. he's music school, but also like he has so many Instagram followers probably because like he's hilarious. It's just you know? entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like, oh yeah, the music part of it, but <laughs> yeah, it's part of it. But, yeah. but it's, just, it's, it's him. It's yeah. him as a brand. Exactly. So as we're kind of wrapping up, the big thing that I wanted to really dive into because you are in the unique situation and that you had the chance to to work with and to be mentored by Busby. Yeah. Can you talk par I partially would love to do this just as a as a way to kind of honor him as well. Yeah, absolutely. In in this podcast, but what were some of the biggest lessons, takeaways, uh, mental notes maybe yeah. that you made yeah. from oh, getting to so work many. with him? Um I mean, I think the biggest thing we talked about constantly was because we dealt with it with him, too. I mean, most writers, no matter how successful they are, are insecure and feel like they wrote their last hit already. And um, they're just trying to achieve this, like, unachievable thing in their mind. And it's especially with social media. There's this constant comparison and, um, like, you feel like you're not good enough. So um, I think just making for me as a publisher, he's always talked to me about encouraging writers and making them feel like they're enough and feel like they're like the best writer that has ever been existed, you know? So yeah. I think making, making writers feel like they're good enough and, um, they have value. Yeah. Um, I think also just him as a human, like he was so good at remembering little details about people. And we talked constantly about like, okay, wait, who's that person's like wife's name? What's, what's that? What are, like, how many kids do they have again? And like, mm. like that stuff was really important to him. And um, even at his memorial service, a lot of people talked about, you know, they would write with him for the first time. They would say he likes their shoes or something. And like the next time they wrote, they had like a box of like the shoes he was wearing, you know, at the right. And so like he just remembered certain things like that, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, I think also he just was one of those like geniuses that like he was two people in one. He was 100% a creative, 100% a business person. He was a better A&R person than I am. Like, he was sending mm. me artists on Instagram all the time to check out. And, like, you know, now they all have, like, record deals, these people they've been sending me. So, like, it's, mm. it's I feel like he was just a lover of music, lover mm. of songs, lover of creatives. Um, he, like, I, was, I would always know that if I could text him, he would answer right away and, like, listen to songs. And um, 
yeah, I never felt like I was bothering him. Like, he's also just really great at, like, introducing me to people that, like, I probably would have to wait five years to meet, you know, and he just believed in me so much. And um, I think he does that with all the writers and artists he signed as well. And anyone, yeah. like he meets he he really makes them feel like they're special mm. and um everyone felt like you know they knew him so well and like they were his best friend and like he because he just made him he just makes them feel like they're like the like like god loves them so much and that yeah. he loves them so yeah. much and um yeah his faith was a huge part of it too i think and i think also part of it you know is knowing the balance between work and family life and when I first started um, at Altadena, I was going to get, I was engaged, I was going to get married. And he always made sure that like, I was, you know, not thinking about work when I was at home and like vice versa. And like, I was, you know, I felt like I had enough time to do both and like, I didn't have to like choose. Um, mm. Yeah. He was the, he was just the best. I have so many stories and he was the best. Yeah. I don't know how else to like. Do you, do you have a, per a particular story? I'm just really interested yeah. in how this sort of manifested. Because I, I, the time that I got to spend with him, I, I could tell all all of the the things that you said were totally true. Yeah. It was a real deal. Um, great family man, great businessman, great songwriter, great yeah. producer, strong believer. Um, is there a story that comes to mind that that you can think of that maybe kind of illustrates that of like how did he make the people that he was working with feel special, important? you know, encouraged. Mm, I think oh, there's like so many like little ones. I mean, I think there was an artist we were trying to sign and, um, and even though like he, he cared about signing them, but he also cared about them as a person. He hit them up and, you know, it was like, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? And, um, they were like, Oh, like I'm staying in Nashville. I can't afford a flight to like go home to my family. And, um, I think it was South Carolina or something. And um, he was like, oh, yeah, hold on one second. And then, like, the next text he sent him was, like, a flight home for Thanksgiving. And mm. um, I think that just shows that, like, even though – and we didn't ever send him signing him or anything, but it was just, like, he, he just cared about the person and, like, wanted them to be with their family on Thanksgiving. And, mm. um, yeah, I think that probably illustrates just yeah. all of that in one, you know. That's so good. Well, thank you for yeah. thank you for sharing that. Oh, of course. Well, um, on a more lighthearted note, we are going to get into the lightning round. Oh, okay. Are you ready for that? <laughs> I'm nervous. Yeah. Lightning round. Favorite TV show right now? Um, Schitt's Creek. I love that. <laughs> so <I'm> good. <laughs> Moira, she's the best. Dogs or cats? Dogs. I have two. What kind? A shepherd lab and a beagle lab. Mm. Yeah. A, I was trying to think of the name. Would that be a shab and a, yeah, whatever. <laughs> blab. A, a blab. Yeah. Uh, favorite place to travel to? Italy. Where, like where specifically? Rome. I studied abroad there for like four months. So. Okay. Yeah. I heard you really like travel. So. Yeah. I, I love, I love Italy too. Yeah. Favorite venue to see shows? Uh, Probably the Ryman. Okay. Yeah. Um, is, there, is there a favorite? So, so that's Nashville. Is that kind of yeah. like your favorite in the whole world? I went to Red Rock last year. I feel like that's mm. also up, up there. Um, that was like so much history, but then also just the acoustics were incredible and it felt so intimate, even though it's kind of a bigger venue. Um, so yeah, probably those two. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Last song that did well in the charts that you were able to work on in some way. Um, I'm still pretty young. So, I mean... Anything 
I was part I was help, part of like helping Busby work on the last Marin record and that, you know, just won an album of the year from yeah. the CMA. Marin, so probably Marin Morris, Marin Morris, yeah. For people who Yeah. So yeah. um that's probably the last thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well uh hey, you aced the lightning round. <laughs> was <laughs> well, not scary as as we're kind of closing out is there any um sort of closing thoughts things you'd want to encourage people with something you'd want to a thought you'd want to leave the listeners with today yeah um i think persistence um for, especially for writers coming up and artists and um a lot of the writers and artists we've worked with have had other deals before and just them sticking around and not giving up i think really you know are the it's the difference maker between someone who's successful and someone who's not. And um, I think we're we're always discouraged and there's a lot of no's and rejections in this industry. But I think persistence and um, just continuing to stay on the path that you're on, um, that's the only advice I, I would say. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Well, for those watching, we're going to leave her info, socials in the description and everything. Always remember, with all of these podcasts, you can check out all of that at madeitinmusic.com. If you loved what you heard, you want to dive deeper into the resources, madeitinmusic.com. And we are going to do a deep dive really quickly Ooh. on what does Altadena look for when signing talent. So you can see all of that at madeitinmusic.com. Also, as I mentioned earlier, and as, as you brought up, we're always looking for people to join our team, interns, apprentices. I'm sure you guys are as well, too. But yeah. um, if you're interested in working with us on any of those capacities, support at fullcirclemusic.com. Like I said, the internship is, you know, a, a real world chance to get in, get your hands dirty to serve. Um, and the apprenticeship is basically that on steroids. It's a year long commitment. It is a paid thing. Email us at support at fullcirclemusic.com if you're interested. And um, yeah. Thanks for being with us on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah.